that, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Monday, November 8th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And wow, it finally came and went. I'm so happy. Now, we're going to be talking about Eternals for the next couple of weeks, but it's nice to just have this one over with, isn't it, Pat? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is something that we've been building to for a while. The wannabe-o boys, wannabe-o girls, wannabe-o people. People. They've really been, uh, you know, earmarking this weekend. They've been waiting for this number. And Clayton, we got the number. We got the opening weekend of Eternal. So uh, let's just get into it. All right. So I'm going to plow. I'm going to do my regular old one to five plow this week. This this top ten does not warrant real looking into other than one newbie. Okay. So we'll we'll so. jump outside of the five, but let's do this plow real fast. Eternals number one with seventy one point two million dollars in four thousand and ninety theaters. It is your new number one. Number two, Dune, seven point seven million dollars down forty nine percent. Lost fifty. 579 theaters. It is now at $84.1 million in its third weekend. Number three, No Time to Die. $6 million, down only 22%, still in 3,000 theaters, lost about 500. It is at $143 million in its fifth weekend. Number four, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. $4.4 million, down 22%. It lost... 638 theaters and it's at 197 million dollars in its sixth weekend it is knocking on the door of 200 you know we'll we'll finish the plow and then i i I got something big to tease nice you almost broke the plow number five ron's gone wrong 3.5 million dollars down only five percent it lost 910 theaters. It's currently in 2,650 theaters. It's at 17.5 in its third weekend. That's a yeah, surprise. Ron is starting to go right. You know, yes. I think Ron's Gone Wrong is possibly a good life lesson where you could go wrong at first, which Ron's Gone Wrong did with its very Gone Wrong opening weekend. But then you could turn your life around the way Ron's Gone Wrong has turned its box office around. And it's starting to go right because a 5% drop in its third weekend, that ain't going wrong. That's going right. No, and this movie was DOA, apparently. It felt DOA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it's it's looking, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say strong, but stronger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there must be some good word of mouth. There must be some, you know, uh, uh, either pockets of the internet or pockets of the schoolyard where the audience is really talking up Ron and they're they're setting him straight. You know, maybe he's not going right, but he's starting to to go just forward. So yes. good for Ron. So and are you gonna tease something? I'm gonna tease something. Uh you mentioned that number four this week was Venom Let There Be Carnage knocking on the door of two hundred million total. It's at one ninety seven. And I think let's just say it now. When this hits two hundred million, I think that is a good time to start divvying up the millions. I think we got to divvy up the two hundred million on Venom. Let there be carnage. Yeah, I think that's a good time to do it because I, I feel like it's not going to make that much more. 
No, two hundred will be the ne- the final big round number that Venom's going to swallow up with that juicy long tongue of it. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think next week it'll probably hit two hundred by the time we hit the air next week, and let's let's divvy up the millions on air. That's a big tease. And before we get to our number one, I know you only did five, but I got to mention number six this weekend at the box office, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch came in number six, moved up spots, only dropped 1%, added another 400 theaters. It made 2.5 million. It's now up to 8.4 million total. I think we talked about this before we went on air. We're going to have a little talk later on about the specialty art house box office. And it is becoming clearer every day. Wes Anderson truly is King Kong when it comes to the art house box office. This this is this man is a art house megastar. Yeah, it dropped only one percent, but that's because, like you said, it added four hundred and seventeen theaters. So this is looking to be though his least profitable film. It's going to make the least of all his films. It's what it looks like, but. It's a different time. The The specialty market is having some issues. So I do think you can't really fault him for that. He's still no. doing really well. Yeah, we'll talk specialty later on. I mean, and just one other thing here before we get into Eternals, which came in number one. Number seven, Halloween Kills, as expected, had a just wild drop this Plummet. weekend. It dropped 73%. And, you know, that's going to happen when a Halloween movie come, is still playing after Halloween is over. I mean, there are a few things in life that people care about less once the, the day is passed than Halloween. This, this film has the look of a rotting jack-o'-lantern. Yes, yes. Yes, that that is that is when you pass by a movie theater and Halloween Kills is still playing, there is that melted jack-o'-lantern stench coming out of that theater where you basically you walk by the theater and you start to think, are those people not home? Mm-hmm. You know, are those people, did they go away on vacation for Halloween and that's the reason they haven't thrown out their jack-o'-lanterns? Like you basically think that about these theater owners. Are they just not home? Yes. And is that why they haven't tossed Halloween Kills into the trash yet? Yeah, it's time to pick up that mess, you know, wipe off that wet spot, that extra goo mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. just accumulated, make it all nice and shiny so you can get in some of these these new these new releases. Yeah, yeah. There there are flies starting to uh to make a home inside of the theaters that are still showing Halloween Kills. So owners, theater owners, take Halloween Kills, double bag it, put it in the trash, and, uh, you know, let let uh, let Redbox have at it now. I think it's time. And and you were saying that's the last we're going to mention. It's really not. So I guess we should have done a top 10 because number eight, Spencer, made $2 million, 2.1, in yeah. just under 1,000 theaters. This is the Kristen Stewart, Lady Diana film that was getting a lot of Oscar buzz for Kristen Stewart. And this had a per theater average of only $2,113. This is not good for her. This is not good for this Oscar campaign. 
this is the the issue with opening a movie like this and the box office dictating, you know, where you stand in these Oscar races. Because if people really loved this movie and wanted to see this movie, it would have done something, and it didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as Oscars, I don't know how much the box office of this will matter because this was never going to be a hit. You know, and and Renee Zellweger won an Oscar a few years ago for a Judy Garland movie that almost nobody on the planet has ever seen. So it's not out of the realm for this movie to be completely unseen and for Kristen Stewart to still get the nom 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 or the win. Um, But yeah, when we dive a little deeper into specialty box office later, I think we'll make the comparison between Spencer and the French dispatch and it'll be a pretty vast difference there. Yeah. And then of it'll course be, it'll be wide at number 10 last night in Soho, uh, co- uh, continuing to let itself down. Yes. Yes. 1.8 yes. I mean, down we, we, 57% per theater average, $597. Yeah. When you start to see those triple digit per theater averages, it, your mind just wanders to, you know, you could start to calculate how many people are in that in each theater. Yeah. You know, and you don't want you don't want the numbers to get so low that a normal person could just sit there and just, you know, use their fingers and and, and figure out how many actual human beings are in each theater. You yeah. know, when the math gets that easy, then your box office is, is really in trouble. Yep. So let's get to the main story, Eternals, $71.2 million. This went from being maybe in the high 70s to maybe being in the 60s. And Chloe Zhao and Marvel are very lucky that this movie was not in the 60s because that would have looked like a disaster. The difference between 69 and 70 here was huge. Yes, that it, in it, perception. it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's incredible how just uh, uh, aesthetically those numbers make such a difference in terms of how people are talking about this. Because if Eternals had come in this morning at a final weekend of sixty nine million, it would have been a disaster because it would have been at the sixties. It would have been at sixty nine. So. We're not going to make those, you know, off-color comments, but the 69 jokes would have just been uh, uh, flowing unmercifully. You know, that that was the cursed number that would have really sunk Eternals if Eternals had come in at 69. I, I can't even imagine, you know, uh, uh, Scott Mendelson and Jeff Bach at Exhibit Relations Co. and all of our other fellow box office analysts being able to to resist having 69 be the you know be the lead of the of these headlines it, it, w- it would have been a nightmare for the term well because there's an endless combination of things you could of of people you could put in that 69 it could be yep the eternal even just there's so many eternals the eternal 69 at the box office kevin feige yep. and chloe Zhao 69 at the box office marvel right, and kevin right. feige 69 at the box office Right, right. Uh, you know, uh, basically Marvel's box office fortunes are turned upside down at 69. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Yeah. Uh, 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 it, 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 it Eternals would, it eating crow at sixty nine in sixty nine. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it Eternals face buried in in the box office at sixty nine. Yeah. Buried in yeah. the in the in the lower end of tracking. Yes. 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 Marvel could barely swallow Eternals box office coming in at sixty nine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, th- those those headlines by other box office analysts would have been a nightmare had Eternals come in at 69, but instead it didn't come in at 69. It came in at 71. So I, they I were for safe one, from those. I for one am glad that we were we were spared the crassness. Yes, yes. We're such a coarse yes. society anyway that it's nice that this went to 79. We didn't have to deal with all that 69 talk. And yeah, we could talk. Yeah, but, we could talk about really what's important about this this weekend, which is that Eternals is not liked. This movie is going mm-hmm. to tank next weekend. I think it's one of those things where it's barely holding on. The uh, there's a stay of execution right now because this movie made seventy one, mm-hmm. and when we see this seventy one percent drop next weekend. It's gonna be guns a blazing. It feels like. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is that is the perfect way to look at what happened this weekend. Is that it's barely holding on. Like Eternals is basically being held up at seventy one rather than being dropped down at sixty nine. Mm-hmm. And it was close, but it's holding on tight. You know, it is gripping tight at sixty nine. I, I, you know, to avoid sixty nine. I'm sorry. And I but think, it did it it didn't face plan at sixty nine. That's the main thing. It 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 held on at seventy one. And Pat, I believe I'm I might be wrong, but did you nail this? Did you say seventy one? I did. I did say seventy one. Yeah, yeah. As as our uh, wannabe old boy uh, Austin wrote in, and he was you know he pointed out he reminded us, which is we love when when our wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people write in to remind us of when we nail a prediction. And that is what Austin uh, did. He wrote in to remind us that I did, in fact, say 71. Yeah, that was a great call. You I- went high. You went 80s. I went high because I always bet against Marvel and I didn't want to bet against him this time. But there's a many reasons why. And I even said last episode, I was. I did not think it was going to go that high. I picked 80 just because I wanted to go high on a Marvel for once. But if any movie deserved to not have a high estimate, and even the thing is, going 80 on this film, if I would have done that three weeks ago, that would have been low. Right. Because people well, are forgetting, not they're not forgetting, but uh, our listeners don't forget, but a lot of people are forgetting that this movie was going to be the one to go over 100. Right, right. Of the three MCU, you know, proper Disney MCU movies that were coming out this year, you had Black Widow, you had uh, Shang-Chi, and you had Eternals. And the pretty much universal consensus beforehand was Eternals is the big one. Mm-hmm. Eternals is the one, you know, Black Widow is a is a old character that's, you know, dusty, moldy, been dead uh, in, in the continuity for a couple of years. Shang-Chi is a small single hero movie and Eternals was going to be the biggie of those three. And what's disappointing about this 71 uh, is that it is by far the lowest 
of these three. You know, Black Widow hit 80 its opening weekend, but also made a ton of money being available on Disney Plus day and date premium access. And Shang-Chi got over 90. So this Eternal 71, that is why this is a disappointing opening weekend because it was supposed to be the big one and it is by far the lowest of the three MCU movies this year. Well, you know what's interesting? There seems to be this thought process in that with superhero movies, the more the super the more superheroes you have in your movie, the bigger the box office is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Where the Avengers, that was a lot of superheroes, huge box office, all those Avengers films. The mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War, that was basically an Avengers film. That made mm-hmm. Bafa Bobo. And then something like Batman v Superman. Oh, here's more. Justice League, of course, disappointment. But still, it made, what, $700 million or something? But but Justice League made less than Batman v Superman, and it made less than the single Wonder Woman movie and the single Aquaman movie. So I think it's it shows that other than the Avengers, you don't want to overdo it with the quantity of superheroes in your superhero movie. You want quality of superhero movies. That's, that is what the box office responds to is give me one or two superheroes who you're really pushing as a big deal. That's why I'm going to see it. And then it'll make big uh, uh, box office. But these movies that are just like, here's 40 superheroes, you know, here's all these Eternals. And then they expect that the quantity of these Eternals is going to lead to Bafa Bobo. I mean, that's that's clearly didn't work this weekend. Well, absolutely. And that's that's a very basic equation that I think is incorrect. Like you said, it doesn't work that way. But there was something in people's minds. And it's as it's I think as simple as that, that people thought, oh, Eternals is going to be big because it's the one of the Marvel movies that are coming up that has the most superheroes mm-hmm. in it. But again, mm-hmm. these are not characters we know and or care about. So that doesn't matter. It, it, right. You know, with with Shang-Chi, he's obviously a character people like and 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 come to like and have it's resonated with with people. So that's why that character succeeded. I don't think there's a right. character that people could really uh grip onto in this film and say this is the driving force in this film. Right. Yeah, they're they're I mean, look at the title of this movie, Eternals. You know, it's 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 not even the name. I mean, I guess that's the name of the group. But if this movie was just about a superhero named Joe Eternal or 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 uh, Sally Eternal or, or, you know, whatever, pick one. And it was just about this or Eternal Man or Eternal Woman. That would be something then that people could say, okay, I could get excited about Eternal Man. I could get excited about Eternal Woman. It's only one person. I could do that. I'll have the time to learn who that is. I'm excited about this. But when the movie is just called Eternals, you know, when Eternal is already a word that is just so daunting, it's like, God, we're going to be around forever. I don't know if I want that. Or I don't want to see people who've been around forever. It's it's just too much. It's just the, the concept is too big. The amount of people is too big. It all just felt so daunting. And I think what you're seeing with these superhero movies is people want specific. They want Shang-Chi. He's one guy. I could I could figure out what his deal is and get excited about him. Yeah. And and so 
the the bigger question with this film is mm-hmm. is and this is so this is actually a, probably a dumb question but a lot of people are asking it and so we have to bring it up even though i completely think this line of questioning is stupid so follow me on this okay is marvel in trouble you want me to answer that i know right this is everywhere on the internet is marvel in trouble trouble Kevin Feige, did he screw up? Is it, I mean, this kind of, can you just answer that question then? Answer the question the way a rational person, not without their mind being wrecked mm-hmm. by Twitter, wrecked okay. by social media. Answer right, that right, in a right. logical, simple way, please. Well, luckily for our listeners, uh, uh, the BO boys are not wrecked by Twitter. Our minds have not been destroyed by social media. The B.O. boys are out here in the in the real world. Pat is out in the real world. Clayton is out in the real world. And therefore, I could answer this easily. Of course not. Marvel is not in trouble. Kevin Feige is not on the firing line because Eternals made $71 million. It's It's a blip. I mean, this is... You know, this opening weekend is disappointing. I think we're we're looking ahead to what is the likely uh, 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 next couple of steps for this movie, which is it will probably have disappointing second and third weekends and a disappointing cum. And even when that happens, Marvel is not in trouble. Marvel is, is, for better or worse, by far the most important thing going in movies today and this doesn't change it one bit i think the only thing this changes is there probably won't be any more eternals movies yeah you know there 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 may be some eternals who do uh uh, cameos in future marvel movies you know or the eternals may be relegated to a uh a streaming series on disney plus that that's about the only outcome of this movie and, but but Marvel's not in trouble. I mean, come on. Do I, I'm not even going to put a cut the shit on this because uh, th- th- this is shit that doesn't even need to be cut. It needs to be ignored. This is an ignore the shit moment. Do you think after Spider-Man, the next Spider-Man comes out, and I know it's a Sony movie, but it's it's an MCU movie, right? I mean, mm-hmm. th- that's all dictated by Kevin Feige. That movie comes out. Doctor Strange 2 comes out. All these big movies... Eternals will be a um, a distant memory by that point. It's yes. going to be something that people are going to think, oh, remember when we thought the sky was falling because of one movie that opened to $71 million? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's insane to me that they, Kevin Feige and Marvel, navigated through the hardest labyrinth, I think, in this fourth, uh, what what is it called? Fourth wave or or... What what phase. is phase phases fourth, fourth phase is the MCU uses phases Black Widow a mm-hmm. prequel like we said a million times a prequel movie that came out way later than it should have made eighty million dollars plus you know the PVOD stuff then Shang Chi the one that I really thought would could have been a disaster opens. On what is it Memorial Day weekend when no movies ever open shatters the record. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day, sorry. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend shatters the the record, makes seventy five, and then ninety for the five. Right. 
It, yeah, 90 for, for the four-day weekend and was a very, very leggy movie. Shang-Chi is a movie that people really liked and uh, just had a great run. Like, Shang-Chi is a huge overachieving hit. Yeah, and, and so then Eternals comes, and this could have been the biggest of disasters, and it opens to 71. Now, right. is, is it, is it going to make as much as Shang-Chi? Is it going to make as much as Black Widow? It's not going to. But still, no. this... I think if I'm Kevin Feige, I'm wiping my brow in a cartoonish manner. I'm saying, that's over with. Let's just ride out these last couple weeks with these Eternals numbers and move on to stuff that people are psyched about. I, I just yeah. don't think, I think this is going to be a temporary blip. It's going to be ridiculous when someone goes back to listen to this episode that we even talked about it. Right, right, right. I mean, we could put in the in the title of this episode is this the end of the MCU we could put is disney and marvel are they in trouble long term because of eternals we could put that up there as a a cheap ploy to 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 Pod get bait. clicks we could get that as yeah we could put it up there and 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 and, and it's a cheap cheap stunt and we may or may not do that we haven't decided yet but oh, I'm going to yeah. say here, I'm going to say here, we probably won't because it's so stupid. We probably won't. We may. We may because if we do, then it's the right choice. But we probably won't because it's such a silly, silly thing to put in the title. Well, it's so absurd. You know what will be interesting? You know what we, we should do? I mm-hmm. think we should do it. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Okay. I'm in. We should do it. And then let's see how many downloads we get Mm -hmm. if -hmm. we get more downloads than we usually get we'll realize the power of pod bait right yeah and if and and then next the next week we will only put logical non-internet ravaged brain speak as a title and see who Mm -hmm. stays yeah, and see yeah. who the real be wanna be o boys, wanna be o girls, wanna be o people, people, right, right. The and thing th- is, that will be a good the... way to show who are the people that only want the dumb pod bait headlines. So, I agree with you that Kevin Feige probably does not give any shits about. This opening weekend, he he saw it coming. He saw the cuts of this movie a while ago. So if anyone knew that Eternals in the end was going to underperform, it's Kevin Feige. He he probably saw this coming, and he got to seventy one, so he didn't have to deal with uh, the opening weekend being sixty nine and him having that you know that that stink right in his face of sixty nine. He got to seventy one, so that's a, a tiny victory for him, and. I, I agree. The Eternals in the long run is going to be a footnote. You know what the Eternals opening weekend is going to end up being when it comes to Marvel? It's going to be a, a, a quick joke that is tossed off in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You know, you'll have uh, uh, Sky Lord and and Drax. They'll be, you know, in, the, in Guardians 3, they'll be going through the universe 
and they'll pass by the Eternals and the Eternals will be working at like a, 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 a used, you know, spaceship lot or something like that. And they'll wave to him like, oh, remember those guys? You know, it'll be it'll be something like that. It'll be a little winking, knowing joke about the Eternals crashing and burning at the box office. Yeah, it'll be working at be a, st- a, a star, uh, like a, a, a space McDonald's. Yes, 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 yes. And, and, and you know, who knows how meta the, the Marvel movies are going to get in, in the future, but you might have something like Drax passing them by and be like, remember when we thought those guys were going to be movie stars? Mm. And no one acknowledges it and they keep going. And the audience will laugh. And they'll all remember, oh, yeah, that's right, Eternals. And then they'll just keep watching the Guardians movie, which will open at $100 million opening weekend. And Kevin Feige will be fine. Marvel will be fine. And listen, I get it to some degree. There is the the portion of just film fans who have completely had it with Marvel and these superhero movies having changed movie culture, having dominated the box office the last 10, 15 years, changed what kind of movies get produced. And I get that. Because listen, we we love 90s style movie stars where you just put, you know, uh, uh, Will Smith in a high concept and it's going to make $150 million. That, that, listen, that's classic BO. Marvel changed that. So I get that there are people out there who root against Marvel, but we have to we have to tell you the truth. Eternals opening weekend is not sinking Marvel. It's not ending superhero movies. Everything is going to continue on the way it was. Maybe if you get five Eternals in a row, ten Eternals in a row, that'll change. But it ain't this one. This ain't changing Marvel's future. And and there's also the thing about well now Kevin Feige is gonna not want to hire art house film directors to make these movies. Okay, so what? So what? I mean, you look at the Russo brothers; they were sitcom directors, right? And and, and I don't buy that anyway because listen, Chloe Zhao and the Eternals. Maybe this goes down as a flop, and 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 the end result of this is Chloe Zhao doesn't end up doing another Eternals movie. But you look at the last few years, Taika Waititi made that Thor movie. Thor Ragnarok was a giant hit. You had uh, Ryan Coogler made Black Panther. Was it one of their biggest hits ever? Up for Best Picture. I mean, those are two examples of art house directors who got taken out of the art house and made big Marvel movies and they were huge hits. I don't think that if if this goes down as a failure, Chloe Zhao and the Eternals, I don't even think it changes anything in terms of that pipeline. And listen, in the end, Kevin Feige is the creative director on all these movies. So if he brings up, you know, uh, uh, the direct, if, if he hires the director of the souvenir part two to make a, a Marvel movie, it's not going to be another souvenir movie. It's going to be a Marvel movie that that director uh, has their name on. And listen, Ryan Coogler and Taika Waititi, they obviously made those movies more their own, you know, as much of your own as you could do with a Marvel movie. But I think it's all to say, again, I don't think this changes anything. No. I don't think Eternals flopping 
is going to change who gets hired on the next Marvel movie. This one is just a stinker, and it's got bad word of mouth, and that happens. But you know what everybody's talking about this 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 uh, this Monday too, though, is the new Spider-Man poster. So yep. Marvel's going to be fine. People are now Marvel's moved good. on to looking at a poster. Exactly. They they play this perfectly. They know when there's going to be when there's bad news coming, get in front of it with good news. And that good news is Spider-Man's coming out in a month, and everyone's going to be happy, 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 and joy, 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 and everyone's going to forget the Eternals. Absolutely. The Eternals will be in a blink and you'll miss it one frame of the Spider-Man movie when Spider-Man is is swinging from one building to another and people say, wait, is that the Eternals behind a dumpster? When, when Spider-Man swung from this building to that building, was that the Eternals like walking behind a dumpster? And then you'll... You know, that'll be an incentive to someday buy the Blu-ray and your freeze frame. You'll go, oh, yeah, that was the Eternals cameoing, walking behind a dumpster in the new Spider-Man movie. Or, you know, listen, they could do some reshoots. There's there's time to do a reshoot because these Eternals, all these actors, they're on contracts for Marvel. So Marvel can basically make them do whatever they want in these movies. Right, right. So if you think the Eternals are this big blotch on the in, on the MCU you have a tiny scene in this this multiverse movie that they're having with Spider-Man cuz you know supposedly he's going to be traveling through the multiverse and you have one little scene where all the Eternals die and Spider-Man goes oh my god all those people just died who are they and and mm-hmm. uh, and Doctor Strange could be like oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter exactly and then the, exactly. they then they're all dead and it's fine and Angelina Jolie can get bought out and Everything's right in the world. Right, right, right. And 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 if you want to keep Angelina Jolie in these Marvel movies, you know, you kill off the Eternals in, in, in a scene like that. And then Angelina Jolie, she's playing like a senator in a Thor movie or, you know, you just change her character. Absolutely. And, and we won't get into this too heavily, but me and you were talking off mic that Angelina Jolie... Her day in the sun is definitely, I think this movie, if it did anything, it definitely put the nail in the coffin for her as a star. Yeah, it, it's it definitely, I mean, I think that's just the case right now with her anyway. Um, but these big superhero movies, the one thing is they don't really, if this had been a giant hit, it doesn't turn Angelina Jolie into a bankable movie star again. You know, the same way that uh, uh, being in, uh, you know, Iron Man movies didn't make Robert Redford into a current day box office draw again. You know, it's just these people are in these movies and these movies, one of the problems with them box office wise is they don't really cement new stars you know, Chris Hemsworth has been in, you know, 15 Marvel movies, and he's obviously not an actual movie be, be star careful. because of be, it. Oh, Chrissy uh, Hemi. Uh, Chrissy Hemi, as, as our longtime listeners know, we, in the past, the, the one time we've ever had a episode not air because something happened and a file was corrupted, it was because we were talking about Chrissy Hemi, and we do feel like it's pretty clear he has people on the inside maybe sabotaging us. I, I take that back. 
you know, Chrissy Hemi. We won't say his full name. These movies didn't make him a movie star. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's, you hate to, to have the analysis of all this stuff, be it doesn't matter. But I don't think this failure really even matters for Angelina Jolie because if it had made $110 million opening weekend, I, I don't think the next Angelina Jolie above the title movie is suddenly going to become a hit. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, it's just she is not... She never was able to cross over into that forever star territory. And she had... You know, she had a shot and she blew it. Yeah, yeah. But. So, I mean, the Eternals, we're going to be talking about it the next few weeks because as as disappointing as this opening weekend was, the real story is going to be its second and third weeks. And I think that is really where we're going to see how unliked these Eternals are because, I mean, uh, I guess, I, well, do we want to move ahead to looking ahead at next weekend? I think we should, and I think the thing with that is that next weekend is pretty clear because people thought Eternals was going to be a freight train, or if they didn't think that, they at least had to make it seem like they thought that because, mm-hmm. you like, again, with even with the poisonously low ratings for this film, critic-wise, audience score-wise, Marvel is a juggernaut, and you get out of the way of a juggernaut. Right. And so... And- Oh, sorry, you go. Well, I was going to say, you know, this coming weekend, Friday, November uh, 12th, Clifford the Big Red Dog is the only big movie opening this weekend. The following Friday, the 19th, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. And man, when the word of mouth for Eternals started coming in this past week, and then when the numbers started coming in this weekend, if I was... Is it Sony that is releasing Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? It yes. has to be Sony. If I were Sony, I would have started giving thought to just, and this would have been a big swing and D move if they would have done this, but pushing Ghostbusters Afterlife up a full week and opening it this Friday, November 12th. Wow. You know, because that's the thing is Eternals right now feel so incredibly soft, so unliked. That if Ghostbusters Afterlife was opening this Friday, November twelfth, uh, I mean, I think it would have, it it would have probably trounced Eternals and then had that extra week heading into Thanksgiving, but that's not going to happen. So it is Clifford's weekend to try and battle these Eternals. Yeah, and just how big will this do- this red dog be? Yeah. I mean, it's a big, big red dog. It's the biggest dog that anyone has, I think, has ever seen. And I think the comp for this movie, for Clifford the Big Red Dog, the comp for this movie is Paw Patrol, the movie, which came out in August. And that was a Paramount release. It was it was day and date also on Paramount Plus, but I think we all agree Paramount Plus day and date really doesn't mean anything. People don't have Paramount Plus. They if they have it, they pretend they don't. You know, it's 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 sort of a uh, a scarlet letter as far as streamers go. Mm-hmm. And that movie opened on August twentieth, and its opening weekend was thirteen million dollars. Now that's a marquee kids franchise, though. Paw Patrol is is hot. And Clifford, I think is for, it feels like it's for the same age range, but Clifford's been around for a while. Yeah, He's I mean, a I think dog. that is, 
He's a well. That's the thing. What do you think? Because basically, Paw Patrol is very current, very of the moment. Its show is on television now, but Clifford is the one with maybe more overall recognition because Clifford in both movies and books and TV has been around for decades. So what means more, you know, being of the moment, being almost the fad or being the legacy property? Well, what we learned from Tom and Jerry Mm -hmm. is that legacy matters. Yep. And and Clifford isn't as old as Tom or Jerry and or both Tom or and Jerry. Mm-hmm. I feel like Clifford was past our time, though. I feel like Clifford was maybe in book form when we were young, but was not a cartoon at that point. I, I, I'm not sure. So I think he's Clifford stretches back to the 80s, maybe at the oldest I yeah I think what Clifford is Clifford never had a moment where it was you know and Clifford of course is size wise the, the the biggest dog there's ever been but I don't think Clifford ever had a moment where in pop culture it was the biggest thing going for any moment you know yeah. Clifford's Legacy, I think, is its consistency since it started. It's consistently been around. It's consistently been a very popular book. But Clifford was never uh, the Cabbage Patch Kids. You know, Clifford was never maybe even the Garbage Pail Kids, where for that moment, it's the hottest property there is. And obviously, Paw Patrol had that. And Paw Patrol came out right maybe a little past the peak of its popularity, but pretty close to, you know, the it, it, Paw Patrol being the hottest thing in kids' pop culture. So it got to 13 million. So if we use that as the over-under... I think Clifford's think under. Clifford is... You go under. I think so. I mean, I honestly think... I don't think we know enough about the history of Clifford to 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 make a a a guess as to how popular it was compared to Paw Patrol because Paw Patrol just feels like you said now we know Paw Patrol is popular because we have friends who have kids right and their right, kids right. like Paw Patrol they love Paw Patrol but i think we were in our like we were tweens or teenagers when Clifford was a thing and maybe even in our 20s when people were worried about Clifford so I I remember Clifford having some sort of moment, but it's so vague. Well, Clifford, the book first came out in 1963. Okay. Clifford is Scholastic Publishing's official mascot, which, That's you know, big. That's big. That's big because I think this is a, a, a thing that, that of a certain age, all, all kids remember when... Do you remember when they would come into your class... With the the like the list of scholastic books that you could buy, did it did, was that a thing that that was a national oh, phenomenon? Absolutely, or? yeah, yeah. And so, I'm sure Clifford, if Clifford was the scholastic mascot, that means Clifford was all over those pamphlets that were given out to every kid in America, in every school in America, constantly. So there is some definite whether it, whether we we can acknowledge it or not Clifford is one of those IPs that has had a lot of covert 
uh, uh, advertising a lot of covert indoctrination into everyone's mind. Yes. You know, so maybe there wasn't a a primetime Clifford series that for a, a while was the biggest thing in the country. But Clifford, it seems, for the last 60 years has just been constantly there. Clifford, the big red dog, has been constantly looming over us. Clifford, the big red dog, has been constantly pumped into the school system. And that awareness could lead to a outsized opening weekend. It's a PBS show also, I believe. I think there was a cartoon. There was a there was a series, yes. And it might still be running because PBS keeps running everything. I mean, they still run Mr. Rogers and the guy's been dead for what? 15 years now at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, PBS, the the episodes don't stop airing until the body is rotted at least three different times. Yeah. So I I do agree that, yeah, Clifford, they have been indoctrinated with Clifford. This also could be a level of people our age, maybe older, remembering this from their scholastic book fairs. Mm-hmm. and dragging their kids to it. Yes. And thinking, yes. oh, you'll love this big red dog. And the kid mm-hmm. will be like, is that all there is? It's just big and red? And like, right. you know, they're not cops. He's not a big red cop. And they're like, no, 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 he's right. not a cop. He's just a big, big dog. And the kid's right. like, well, okay, I don't have any, you know, I, I, I don't have any ability to say no to you, but I'm not psyched about this. Right. This is all going on but in their or, heads because obviously kids would be like, blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 you know. Right, right. But in their heads, they they speak uh, very eloquently. Well, we learned this. Bit- we learned this mm-hmm. from Locus, the Locus Talking series. Yes, yes, yes. They just can't articulate uh, all of the uh, very adult thoughts that they're having. But they're definitely so, zinging look- their parents inside their heads. Yes. yes. So, wh- I mean, cl- what's the tracking Clifford- on this? The tracking uh, on Box Office Pro, they have this at uh, nine to fourteen million. It's a nice little narrow so they, thing for them. Rare, yeah. And th- their high end fourteen million is above the thirteen million dollar opening weekend for Paw Patrol. So they see that as a possibility. You know, that's the highest of the high end would be going above Paw Patrol, and I'm feeling that. Mm. To be honest, I'm feeling the high end of Clifford the Big Red Dog. I'm feeling nine on this one. You're feeling the low end. Okay. What? Wh- why are you so low on this Big Red Dog? I just don't see it as much as it is been plastered everywhere. I think they also dropped this movie in a weird way. I think they could have built... They took it off the schedule, remember, and then they plopped it in here. I think there could have been a bigger buildup for this. Obviously, I'm not the target audience, so maybe they were targeting them in ads that I did not see. But it feels like this movie is not getting a ton of promotion. Um, so, But of course, I don't watch Nickelodeon. I don't watch these kids' networks. So possibly you can't you know, watch any Nickelodeon show without seeing it, maybe. Who knows? That's definitely a possibility because it is Paramount. I think that is like very likely. You know, I, I I bet you that that big red dog is a crawl, is a bug, 
in the corner of every Rugrats rerun on Nickelodeon mm-hmm. right now. That that big red dog, it's he comes out of the lower right hand of the screen when the Rugrats are playing, when, uh, I don't know, Double Dare. I don't, I don't know what's on Nickelodeon right now, but I bet you that whatever is playing on Nickelodeon, Clifford's popping his head out, he's barking, he's drooling, and then the drool forms into a in-theaters Friday, November 12th. Yeah. And I- that is just constant. on. I, I, I would bet this movie, see, that's the thing is, it's Paramount. They own Nickelodeon. They Paramount's the studio that opened Paw Patrol to 13. I'm going to bet that the promotion for this movie is pretty heavy in the kids' spaces. Yeah, so that got me up a little bit. I, I would say 11 then. I'm going, I'm going 15. I'm going 15 on this movie because, God, we, we always say it after the fact that... Rats the, need that their the cheese. The rule is the rats need their cheese. And we always lament the times that we we discount that and we go under on a kid's movie and the kid's movie always goes higher than what we say. And so I'm going 15 million. I think Eternals is so soft that and there's not much out there for kids. Well, Ron's gone wrong and Adam's Family, too. But that's kind of, you know, seasonal at this point. Yeah, Adam's Family 2 is all the way down to 12th at the BO. It is still in 1,800 theaters as of this past weekend. But, yeah, I think the kids are probably Halloweened out by now. So they're going to want, you know, think of it. The kids, they had their Halloween movie. They had their Halloween candy. They're probably still, their tummies are a little, you know, still a little achy from all the Halloween candy they had. And they just are going to want to relax with this simple premise of a big red dog. You know, post-Halloween, Clifford is comforting. It could do Tom and Jerry numbers, but I'm going to stick with 11. All right, I'm going 15. I mean, do we want to do our top fives for next weekend right now? Sure. Okay. So number one is going to be Eternals, but let's... To, to spice it up, let's give our estimated weekend for what Eternals does next weekend. So I am anticipating a absurd drop. Mm-hmm. I think this drop could be in the high 60s. So I think Eternals is going to next weekend come in number one at about $27 million. Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking. Um, 26, 27. At that point, it's Clifford next, and I'm going Clifford at 15. And then Dune will be number three, No Time number four, and Venom number five. I don't think there's much wiggle room around there. Unless French Dispatch does have another big increase in theater count, in which maybe it does get to five. You know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go... Eternals 1, Clifford 2, Dune 3, No Time 4, and French Dispatch 5. I'm anticipating it gets a bunch of theaters and 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 moves up to 5. Here's what I'm going to do. Eternals, I'm going to say Eternals number 1. I, I'm around where you are. I, I think it's going to be 26, 27. Then I'm going to say No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that just because... Dune is probably losing those big premium screens. The the oldsters 
take a while to go to to get out to the theaters. This only dropped twenty two percent. Dune is dropping way bigger than that. So I'm gonna say, No Time to Die jumps over Dune. Okay, interesting. And oh well, actually, yeah, I said Clifford's gonna be number two. So Clifford's gonna be number yeah, two. Then too. No Time to Die. Then Dune. And then I think Venom. Interesting. All right. I mean. I guess there's more wiggle room than I thought. Yeah. The box office always has room to wiggle. Absolutely. Um, and Pat, I think I think we did it, right? It was a big show. What I just want to quickly, quickly, because you know, we do always uh love when we get emails from our wanna be oh boys, wanna be oh girls, wanna be oh people. people. So two quick things. A very interesting theory from our uh our man out there in the stacks, Adam from the stacks. He threw out this theory. He says Disney bought 50 million worth of Eternals tickets opening weekend to prop up this complete failure. Disney gets back a portion of each of those tickets, so they probably only lost 25 million. Small price to pay to preserve the box office reputation of the MCU. He says his source is Mickey Mouse. Obviously, he doesn't mean the character. He probably means he has someone, an insider in the company. So I don't know. It's an interesting theory. Did Disney buy some tickets? Here's what I think. Maybe they didn't buy 50 million worth of tickets. They, I could see Disney buying $2 million worth of tickets. To get over 69. Because, to get it out of 69. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they were seeing the tracking. Oh my God. This is going to land on 69. And if Eternals opens at 69, we're going to be in a really bad position. Yeah, we're a family-friendly company. We don't want to deal with these headlines. Yes, yes. So Disney didn't want to get caught in a 69 with Eternals. So I could see them having bought $2 million worth of tickets this weekend. I think that is very possible. Absolutely. Adam from the stack said 50. I think that's a little high, but... It's a touch high, $2 yeah. Million, yeah. And uh, let's see. And of course, we mentioned Austin emailed us, had uh, a lot of great thoughts. Of course, his greatest thought was recognizing that I nailed my prediction for Eternals. So thank you, Austin. He also mentioned that the Eternals isn't a birthday party movie, which I think was a really, Mm. really great thing that we didn't think about is that kids like to go to see these movies in groups. This is not a, a a birthday party movie. Yes, Austin, that is such a great call. In, I mean, the Eternals, and this is another reason why I doubt we'll ever get a more Eternals uh, uh, content, other than you know cameos are being mocked by the Guardians uh, out in space. The Eternals are just not characters that seem like they're going to fit on kids' birthday party cups and dishes you know they they i mean listen we haven't seen this movie but from the trailer they just seem like a group of 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 just just very dour depressing figures and and and, uh that's not what you're going to want to see or expect to see on uh, a kid's uh, birthday tablecloth imagine angelina jolay staring at you from a paper plate where you're going to put a piece of cake on it. Right, right. It doesn't make me want to eat cake. No. These kids will be crying. Yeah. They'll be crying. Like he, so. She's judging me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The plate is yeah. judging me. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's not how Timmy wants to spend his his uh, fourth birthday. No. So great call, Austin. I mean, the 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 thing that we tease that I I just don't think we have time for is the specialty box office. We do not. And have I'll time. just read this one quote. One quote because I I just want to reiterate what's going on here that Wes Anderson is still the King Kong of art house. And, uh, the quote is, well, this is from searchlight. So it is from the company that put it out. Uh, but this film continues to be the catalyst for the reawakening of the specialized market. Um, you know what? That quote is from searchlight. So yeah, it's propaganda. Really. It's propaganda. The specialized, here's what I'll say. The specialized market is clearly in trouble. The yes. art house market is in trouble. The thing that has been propping them up has been the fact that they have been showing Bond movies and, and Venom, you know, at these art houses. But the first movie or one of the few movies that is consistently doing big numbers in places like the Angelica, in places like Landmark West in L.A., is the French Dispatch. So... You know, Spencer didn't really do it, but Wes Anderson is still given some kind of lifeline to these art house theaters. Yeah. And why they call it Spencer? It, that's just asking to to not, you know, this is the same guy who did Jackie. At the very least, he called it Jackie. Yeah. This is called Spencer. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. Come you, on. You call it Lady Die. Come on. You're, you call it Lady Die. Come on, dude. That's a cut yeah. to shit. Yeah. Cut the shit. Spencer should have been called Lady Die. Yep. Yeah. Lady Diana movie. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, Pat, I think we did it. Oh, we definitely did it. Uh, so, uh, where can they find us? Well, you could email us at the Bo Boys Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, we love hearing your thoughts. We love hearing your theories. I mean, look at Anna from the Stacks sent us his theory about Disney buying millions of dollars worth of uh, Eternals tickets. And we love that theory so much. We just talked about it on air, as you just heard. So you could be in that position if you email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Check out our Substack. Go on Clubhouse. Brandon Gray, Box Office Mojo creator, has a new chat room. I guess it's a room. But he's always bopping around, talking about box mm-hmm. office, called Box Office Revival. He's on there all the time. Sunday's the big day for it, so pop on there. Talk about box office with a true box office master. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's nothing left to say, Pat. But no. until next time, we'll, we'll smell, smell you. Box, box office. office. Nailed it.